Hello, and welcome to my podcast, A Guide to EU Financial Politics and Policy Development. We have, in the couple of years that we've been running this podcast, taken a look at regulation. We've also talked to stakeholders in the financial system, um, both academics, but also financial users associations, and generally other stakeholders in the system. Today, it's a very special podcast. It's a podcast about uh, a price that is for under 35s working or um, leading in academic thought um, for the financial industry globally. It's a price that's very close to my heart uh, and also of my co-discussant, let's say, Paul, Professor Paul Dembinski, because it's about ethics, how to bring ethics and trust back into the financial world. The prize has existed for quite a time, um, but I will let Paul explain a little bit to you about the history of the prize. What is um, special to this edition, and the editions run by Anne so every two years, and the award ceremony was held on the 18th of November, in the presence of Commissioner Mairead McGuinness of the EU um, Commission and in charge of financial services. Um, this prize was special because it looked at sustainability and how ethics and trust were key to driving that sustainable change. Um, this is important because we are addressing essayists under 35. They're the young, it's their world, it's their change. COP26 has just happened. Was it a walk the talk or was it a talk the talk? Is the young generation happy with the way change is moving, whether it's in the financial industry, whether it's at the governmental level, at the supranational level? Are we doing enough? I think the young people who are, have taken part in this essay competition have shown and highlighted sustainability from quite a few different angles. But before I do that, I want to introduce my co-discussant and co-president of the prize, Professor Paul Dembinski. He's an economist and political scientist by training, and he holds the chair for the International Competition and Strategy at the University of Fribourg in Switzerland. And he was made a Dr. Honoris Causa of the Warsaw School of Economics. But he's also the initiator and director of the Observatoire de la Finance in Geneva, which mission is to promote awareness of ethical concerns in financial activities and the financial sector. And since the inception of the, of the prize in 2005, he co-chairs the jury of the Ethics and Trust in Finance Global Award. Paul, I'm, I'm giving you the floor for a couple of minutes to go a little bit into the history and the motivation of this prize, which is so important. Thank you very much, Jacina, for having me, for having giving the opportunity to discuss the project and uh, something evolving for last 15 years and which is close to our hearts. And uh, it's, I think, very important in the changing world in which we live. So at the roots of the at the roots of the prize, there is a tragedy. Young bankers speaking to a mother saying, well, the spirit, the ethics in the financial industry gives him worries and for the future and he wants to devote his future to change this mindset and so on. A few, few weeks later, he has this hiking accident and he dies in Mont Blanc. The mother, high official of the UN, well, is a friend and comes to me to see the Observatoire and says, do you share this, his, Robin's concern? 
on can, what can be done to change, to follow up the mission he was taking for himself, what can be done to develop and to implement this mission. So that's the beginning of the thinking about the prize, because the, the general, let's say, feeling was that ethics is a very important element of every part of life, but maybe was not sufficiently stressed by the finance professionals and was not sufficiently, uh, let's say, addressed in academia. So we wanted to give voice to young people under 35 that could also put in, uh, in writing some of the reflection and deeper concerns, but also innovative ideas, how to change the things as they are. So initially, the prize was called Ethics and Trust in Finance. But with this edition, which is already the eighth edition, we added to the et trust and ethics in finance, we added for a sustainable future. Because I think this is very much in tune with what is going on in the world and sustainability, be it only environmental, but also social and organizational is, uh, I think, at the heart of every, every one of us and especially the younger generation. Well, thank you for, for the explanation. And um, I would remind our listeners that when this price was founded, it was just, in fact, before the financial crisis. And that is significant because already before then, there was a concern about ethics. Mm -hmm. um, there, was a sig there were signals that um, the, it, the finance industry was turning um, in circles, but not really for the good of the economy. And that concern fed through in several of the first editions. And I recall that I think the first prize winner was an Australian who then went up to sit set up um, an ethical institute for banks, I think in Australia, Paul, isn't that correct? Yes, that's right. That was very first winner, Claire Payne. She, she was at that time working for a bank and the bank was very much astonished to see that she won the prize. The big boss wanted to read the essay and uh, she applauded, he applauded and he said, well, yeah, before she left the bank, she was offered a job for, to, in order to have to be the ethical officer within the bank. So I think it's uh, not, it's uh, very important that young people, young professionals are given the opportunity to, to, cons to share their concerns and their analysis, also not only with the jury of the prize, but also with internal audience of their institutions that we have other cases where work by contributors to the prize have been appreciated and time to time critically appreciated by their hierarchies, some of them had to change jobs, but other have been have been have been put on the fast track in their careers. Yes, and we we've I've I've had the pleasure to take part in three of of these editions, and for the last two to be your co-president of the jury, and it's it's been such a pleasure reading these essays because. Whether or not they were written well, that's not the importance. Mm -hmm. The importance was the ideas behind them and the challenging of the system. I recall one essay on nudging in banks. I recall another essay of um, a, a woman who um, was really suffering um, the, the effects within her own organization of mis-selling and, uh, let's say, ethical concerns as she went through different sales types 
of, of, um, of things. And she had said in her preamble to the essay that she desperately wanted to be a banker because her father had been a banker and she, she had this, this aspiration to do good to do banking and that that really sort of struck and i think this is something you can you can really feel with these um with these essays some of them are very young um and they all have the same uh, level of concern to do good paul before we go into the current um finalists the laureates of this eighth edition maybe we can uh talk a little bit also about the different language editions because that of course is very important ethics is so sensitive that sometimes you need to write in your own language english is the is lingua franca um, uh, maybe we should say we should write essays in latin to be even more lingua franca but i think that time has passed um, but still, um, it is it's it is so important because sometimes to find those words and it all turns on a word sometimes. Um, so maybe a little bit of explanation of how we went into those different language editions. I think that the point you are touching is very important because ethics it's not only ra rational knowledge that there is that also draws on emotions, and the emotional language in. Uh, is not the same language as a technical language. So, of course, the native speaker is well equipped on two fronts, but non-native speakers are probably more, let's say, trained and used to use the, the English language, lingua franca, in their professional environment, in the technical part of their life, and probably they have a shorter lag on emotions, on fine-tuning of the words, on, on the multiple meanings of the words, and so on and so on. So that's the reason why we started to be concerned about at capacity, giving to all the capacity to express their deep feelings and their deep thoughts in their native language. Of course, it, it relies very much on the partnerships we could have. So we started with the Ibero-American Prize, which unfortunately for the time being is suspended, but hopefully will be revived. We have a German-speaking edition, we have a French-speaking edition, and we have a Polish chapter. What so we have this, this structure in the way that the winners of each of the edition are translated by a professional translated, translator and they're channeled into the global competition at the ultimate stage of the selection process. So it, it, it seems to work quite well. And people are satisfied with this capacity, with the possibility to, to share their thoughts in their own language and also to get published also in their own language. And at CFA Institute, um, we see also that our societies in the dif in different countries um, get very excited when they see a, a young person from their region uh, writing about ethics, which is at the core of CFA Institute's mission. And I think, in in terms of sort of the 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 market, what we see around us, we've just um, finished and we're finishing COP twenty six. And again, as I said in my preamble, um, there are concerns that all this um, committing to net zero, to levels of um, engagement, to putting funds available is very much a talk the talk. I've seen quite a lot of criticism um, from, from think tanks, from stakeholders, from investors, about, well, what does it actually mean? And I think that's interesting in this edition. In this edition, we have a very strong mix of actually essays who 
pragmatically look at the nuts and bolts of the system and how we should change it in order to achieve sustainability and come with really good proposals. Um, and also essays which are more perhaps um, thinking through some of the social consequences, looking at some of the innovations and what virtual currency means, um, but also, uh, again, for some of the regions of the world where sustainability is laudable, but how do you achieve it? And I think that is, is a mix of exactly where this young generation is. Paul, would you like to comment a little bit on what you see from the themes? In yes, this thank theme? you very much. I think, uh, as you mentioned, we, we changed the name of the, of the competition, Ethics and Trust for Sustainable Future. And I think what the essays show that the young people do not mix necessarily ethics and no, do not equate ethics with sustainability. So sustainability does not make ethics redundant. On the contrary, we need ethics in order to achieve sustainability. And I think this is a very important point. What the essays show also is in terms of sustainability, that is about rebalancing the time horizons. That, that finance industry has to understand that long term is not just a succession of short terms. So you cannot just for myopic management or myopic investment, you cannot reach the sustainability goals. You have to change the lenses and the lenses change the of lenses means have very deep technical consequences, mindset consequences, expectations consequences control consequences and so on and so on. So this is, I think, the fourth first element of for pack of first pack of essays which are addressing sustainability. But as I said, ethics is not only sustainability. So we have two other packs of essays that we are going to publish shortly. One is related to debt, to debt issue and credit issue, which is as long in terms of ethical tradition in finance is as long as money probably and yes. as ethics. So it, it goes to the, to the beginning of times. So what is the right balance what, between the risk of the creditor and the risk of the debtor? What, how, what about cutting out parts of the society the weakest of the society from banking services because it's too risky. What about the same question on the macroeconomic level? Why Africa is over indebted and is so poor? And so on and so on. So this is the second pack of essays which build, which bring new realities to the old problem of how to balance the risk and the opportunities between the debtor and the creditor. And there is a third pack of, of issues which we call in, in ethics in embedded in institutions. How to build, to, to, to make operating markets for green bonds at the European level. What does it mean in present world banking secrecy? What should be done in order to combat this or to limit at least? What, what are the elements of trust in new technologies explicitly virtual currencies and so on and so on. So you see that in all these issues, the young people that sat and wrote something and researched the issue, because these are the papers are researched, they are, they are not PhD dissertation, they are short papers of not more than 5,000 words, but nevertheless, it requires some kind of reflection, not only emotional thinking. So this 
things are researched in the different environments, environment, technological environment, institutional environment, legal environment, academic environments, and so on and so on. So we have now, we are going to publish about 12 essays in a booklet that can be uh, downloaded, will be free to download in one week or two at the website of the prize, ethicsinfinement.org. Thank you, Paul. And um, you have uh, very clearly delineated the three packs of essays. Um, I, I would really advise all the listeners to pick up and go to the link on uh, ethics and trust in finance. Uh, you can see it also on our on our on our on our website, CFA Institute, and we'll be publishing on social media. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give you the floor, Paul, but let me just uh, let me just say one thing that I um, have been seeing in the last months um, with the young generation, let's say, and um, that that really has struck me. Um, we need optimism and outrage. We need very strong momentum to change. Now, why is that? It's because in the finance industry, there are large number of people that hold the same view. And that's why the Vatican could come 10 years after the crisis with a letter saying nothing has changed. That's why we still face the same issues of mis-selling. We've seen that with um, the sustainability and, and some of the EU regulations, greenwashing is coming back again. Um, what we need um, to change the mindset, but if everybody thinks the same way, you cannot change the mindset. So how do we change that mindset? And I think these young people coming to the fore with outrage and optimism will force that through because we are um, no longer in an infinite world. We are in a finite world. And I think we're trying to push infinite growth in a finite environment. That's not possible. And that is something that sustainability needs to address. Paul, the last words to you. Yes, I think just building on what you said, I think it is very important. This price is global and it attracts papers from really all regions of the world. And uh, in many of those regions, finance is not only the city or Wall Street and so on. There are other dimensions, including the social dimension, the penetration of social fabric and, and the real life issues for young people, poor people and so on and so on. So going to the outskirts of the financial system probably is a way to shed new light on what can, what should be done and what does not work and what works very well and should be probably scaled up in order to make finance better serving the real, the real needs of the world. So I think going to the, and that's very important to have uh, world, world partners as we have, especially with the CFA Institute and we are very thankful for this. Thank you very much, Paul. Look out for the next podcast in which I'll be discussing with the laureates of the prize some of their essays in more detail. But for today, thank you very much, Paul. It's been such a joy and it is a joy to be co-president of this prize with you. Thank you.